Another episode of Swings and Mishes is on deck. We have the football season upon us and the baseball season, of course, heading to the end here in the month of September. But it is just the beginning for you and your new car. And if you're thinking about buying a new or used car, what you got to do right now is take this website down, happycarsflorida.com, and the phone number is 954-800-2449. Louie has been my friend. He's been in the auto industry here in South Florida for more than 20 years. And you know what he does? He gets you any car that you want in the country. You tell him, you call Louie at 954-800-2449, Or go visit Happy Cars Florida in Fort Lauderdale and make sure you tell them that you got sent by Swings and Mishes and me, Craig Mish. I've bought cars from Louie personally throughout the years. He has the best customer service. He'll always take care of you. And better yet, bad credit, good credit, no credit whatsoever, he's going to get taken care of. And every single person that visits Happy Cars Florida comes away happy. 954-800-2449. No interest for up to six months. No payment for months as well. Get yourself into a new car. Go to happycarsflorida.com. Call Louie right now and say, hey, I heard about you on Craig Mish's podcast, Swings and Mishes. Get yourself into a new or used car. 954 800 2449 happycarsflorida.com And this is a brand new episode here of Swings and Mishes and we're very proud on the podcast to have weirdly one of the greats of the game both on and off the field and we have Martin Prado with us this week and it's going to have a special announcement here as well as talk about his playing days both with the Marlins and some other ball clubs as well. Martin, thank you so much for spending some time with me here on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, well, first of all, I just kind of have an opportunity to communicate and tell people um, what is, uh, is uh, me personally, uh, my career, and the team, and, and what it's uh, like to be a baseball player you know, inside the field and also impacting the community outside the field. Yeah, and, and I think that we can probably start there because for people who are in South Florida, especially for people who are very familiar with Florida International University, FIU, uh, I'm told that very, very soon we're going to be hearing about an announcement of a scholarship that you're working on with first-generation Venezuelans. So that's not something I don't think that a lot of the public is aware of. And being now that you've been a South Florida resident for a number of years here, can you tell us about why you decided to do that? Well, I mean... Um Personally, I went to school for a year. I went to college uh, back home in Venezuela. And uh, back then, you had the opportunity and the right uh, to, you know, have education, something that I was really proud of. Uh, and uh, I was something that was something that I was really proud to be a Venezuelan because they, that was a priority back then. Then you have to have education to be able to do something else in life. So... Uh, for me, uh, just having that transition where, like, going to school and then playing baseball for so long, uh, I know how hard it is to go to school, how hard to, you know, have a degree or something like that and to establish yourself, your future. So there's a lot of work, um, and, and I know the struggle of Venezuela and, um, and this generation in this country and outside this country and around the world. So uh, uh, I'm not a guy that I'm just gonna just publish my, you know, publish myself out there and saying I'm gonna help, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And I'm just, 
keep stuff quiet and uh, I don't I don't want to get credit for anything. I just want to impact the, somebody's life the, the same way somebody did for me in the past. So um, I thought about it. I was like, how can I impact the community, you know, in, in, in Miami? Um, and and just came up. Uh, they brought some ideas, and I think the foundation, uh, they're brilliant at having this kind of like thoughts that they were not clear in my mind, but now they just brought up the, this kind of ideas, just kind of like, um, clicked in my in my brain and said like you know what I'm, I'm I want to help a couple of Venezuelans they they just battling to get into a university or a college here in, in South Florida so uh, just the fact that uh, I, I'm gonna be able to help a couple of kids or whoever end up getting the scholarship uh, and beyond that uh, I just want to get to meet them you know, have a relationship with them. And uh, and uh, that and the meaning that it's, I'm not doing this for them, just for them to think like, oh, this guy is God. No, I'm not. I just wanna, I just wanna let them know that when stuff like this happened, there, there's something behind it. Uh, and that, that being said, like whenever they reach their goal, they have to look back and say, like, you know, this guy helped me, so I have to help somebody else. So this is like a circle of uh, trying to create like a a positive impact in the community. And you heard it here first. And you know, we break a lot of stories here on swings and misses, but um, this is a big one for Martin Prado sponsoring uh, first generation Venezuelans. Uh, partnering up with Florida International University. So look for that coming at Marlins Park in the month of September. Um, also, before we move on to some baseball, I know that this past month you also helped out at Charles Drew Elementary and you helped install a food pantry and Impact Week for the Marlins here is is coming to a close. You've been around the league a long time, so I'm certainly positive that you could weigh in on just kind of the community impact that you've seen with the Marlins and some of the things as it compares perhaps to other teams or other years that you've been involved? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's, it's sad to say, but sometimes there's, like, um, organization and foundation that they do stuff just to look good, you know, and that's, I'm not about that, no. And and I'm not, I'm not going to call anybody out. But um, this time I felt that there, there, was a, there was a difference, there was a change, there was... Uh, uh, you know, it was so like whatever you know the people there that we create this project, they did it from the heart. So uh, doesn't matter what you do to impact the community. If you do it just for look good, at the end of the day, these projects they just kind of fade away from the point that you were trying to get or the goal that you were trying to get. But when we did this at this school, I was just kind of. I felt something like, you know what? I think this this might work. So we uh, we end up like I sign myself like I'm gonna be there. Uh, this we're gonna paint a couple of walls. We're gonna you know fix the pantry. I'm we're gonna make sure the pantry is sanitized. Um, we just gonna make sure that that we're gonna get every single um, food uh, supply that, that all these kids are gonna have. And they might need on you know during the weekend where they they're not at school so they don't 
and they don't have anything to eat during the weekend. So, so we went there. When I got there, I just heard somebody tell me, you know, there's a few players who want to join you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So um, how many players are we talking about? So to make the story short, when I got there, it was seven players. So they're all young. And besides, uh, uh, Grandy went there too. Grandy is a person that, from my standpoint, is one of the best I've ever been with for like doing stuff for the community. He's so willing to impact uh, every single aspect outside the, the baseball field. And, and people don't see it, but at <laughs> some point in the future, they, I think he should be recognized as, um, I call him the Jackie Robinson of our generation. So, uh, yeah, he was there, and, and uh, the environment, the, the, the happening, the how happy the, per the people. The, uh, I think the major came in. There was a, uh, the district. Uh, there were so many people from that school and from the, around the community. They came over, and they couldn't believe it, that we were doing this for the benefit of the community. So, um Jeter was there, and that's another guy that just kind of like is willing to go everywhere to be able to put that stand and you know that that stamp where like okay I'm here and this is for real, and that's another another just kind of stuff that just put me in the spot like you know what this this stuff for real, so um, it was a great event like we we fixed the the you know the pantry. And we heard all the stories, and they they couldn't they couldn't uh, feed like so many kids and stuff like that. And you kind of like there's stuff that behind the curtains that you don't see. You only see the good stuff up there. But when you go to these places, so it's like you know what we're doing something for a living that nobody else does, and we're making a pretty good living. And look at these people here; they don't have anything to give these kids. So. Um, that was pretty cool, and also having these young kids and 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 they kind of see what the meaning of how responsible you are to play baseball, and also how responsible you are outside the field for impacting somebody's life. So I think they got the idea now in the future where when Granny and me we just kind of out of baseball, they might just do something because they saw us like doing it for the good benefit of the people. So that's, that's a double kind of like points that we got there and we just kind of like, I was just really happy to do that. Impact stuff we're talking about here and you mentioned uh, Grandy as potentially the Jackie Robinson of no, today. Right. Yeah, that, that's a big statement to make there. Let me give you another big one that was made to me, uh, I think probably last year. And I work uh, you know, on radio, do things now with Brad Ziegler. And so I don't know that you could get higher praise from somebody like him who told me last year just in conversation during the season um, who, was, who was the best teammate that you've ever played with. And without a doubt, he said Martin Prado. So that kind of caught me by surprise only because I don't really, you know, honestly didn't know. I've known you here for a couple of years. So I said, wow, really? Yeah, he's absolutely. He, he has been the best teammate that I've ever played with. So that being said, I know that you don't want to make things about yourself, so I'll ask you to, to you this way. 
what makes a great teammate for you? What makes a, a teammate so endearing to his teammates uh, being lifted up every day? And you've seen so many players over the course of your career. Is it something that you learned? Is it something that you can still give back to other players? Because unequivocally for players to say that about you, it must have some impact. Well, I mean, uh, I grew up in, in a team where there's a lot of superstars. Um, and they, it's like, it's so many different ways that you can take where when there's so many superstars, you, who, which one I will be related to, you know, you can go the, the way that, oh, that guy, he likes a flashy guy, superstar, it's all about himself. Do I want to do, do, do I want to be that guy? And uh, I, I, I checked myself. I was like, sometimes you gotta just, you don't want to think about tomorrow, but you want to see yourself. How can I see myself in 10 years? How can I see myself? You, you cannot predict your life, but you can predict who you're gonna be. You know, like I don't want to be that guy. So I took the other route. So I watched, you know, Tom Gladden behave. Just kind of guy to do everything right. I saw Chuber Jones. I saw Jonas Maltz. I saw those guys. I was like, that's who I want to be, you know. Um, and also, I asked so many questions. Where like, hey man, how do you how do you control yourself from struggle to success, back to struggle, back to success? How because there's two different personalities. When you're doing well, you can be the greatest guy ever. When you struggle, everything goes wrong. Can you be the same great guy that you were when you were doing it? And most of the guy that I asked, I would say the most difficult stuff in baseball is to be the same guy, no matter. You're hitting 340, 400, 40 homers, 120 RBIs. Then 220, five homers, and 20 RBIs. How is going to be your personality? Are you going to change? Because if you change, I mean, your teammates, because you hit 40 and you drive 120, all your teammates that want to be like you. Oh, look, that's a great guy, man. He's just doing so well. He's so, he come to the field happy every day. I want to be like him. And then next year, they play with them. Same guy, but he hit five homers, 220, 20 RBIs the whole season. Do you, are you the same guy? So when they see the change, guys around you say, you know what? That guy's not the person that I thought he was. So for me, it's, 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 it's been like a really, you got more, I think you got more bad years than good years. I mean, you're, if you're my trial, you can say you're wrong, but how many my trial we have? It's only one, right? So some, I would say there's more than 150 players, and you're talking about one out of 150 players. So when you're not my trial, so you're gonna find a way to have a happy medium when you have success and when you have struggle, and that's what I found through my years. Where like you know what, I, if I'm I'm having a bad year, I don't want to show my team that I'm having a bad year. So. That's something that I, I kept through my years, and I keep keep doing it. Uh, and and that's pretty much 
I believe the how people just thinking about me because I have even a young guys so just 21 they say how you talking to me when I'm 21 and you talking to me like you're 21 I'll say that's easy to do it's easy to do because I've been doing it my whole career and uh, that's pretty much like I feel like guys just looking at me in that way and, and uh, just kind of like Oh, that guy was such a good guy when he made the All-Star. I mean, he did good. And and then the next year I played with him, he was totally <laughs> such a bad people. And 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 in and, and that manner, baseball gives you a lot. You know, baseball is like, I see baseball as, how can I explain it? It's like, um, it's a sacred uh, place. You know, if you're a sacred place, you... Like you go to church and you go and you do your stuff and you behave and you kind of like be, okay, you pray and your stuff like that. Baseball is a little similar like that. And uh, when you pray to God and you pray and, 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 hey, I need this, I need that, baseball is the same thing. Baseball will give you a lot, but also will take a lot if you don't respect the game. So that my message for all the baseball players if you're playing professional baseball, you're playing high school, you're playing college, you're playing little leagues, whatever, as long as you respect the game, you have, you have, you're going to have your future, your present, and baseball is going to give you a lot. But also remember, you have to give it back. How you give it back? You're going to um, tell the, the, the young kids that are coming up how to behave. you got to tell them how to play the game right how to respect the game. Don't don't think you're bigger than the game because you're not. Nobody, even my trout, is not bigger than the game. At some point in your career, you're going to go downhill and you're going to hit hard, you know, down there. So some people hit the bottom hard. Some people just hit it a little bit. I'm just hoping that I hit it where I don't hurt myself too much. Speaking of which, over the course of your career, there have been so many highs and so many lows. Along the way, you've played, as you mentioned, with some of the greatest superstars in the game with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, after the Braves, uh, you end up going to the Diamondbacks. You end up with the New York Yankees. And you mentioned about respecting the game. The CEO of the Marlins, Derek Jeter, that's been his mantra for a long time, respecting the game. And you know, certainly, I don't know that you ever thought that when you were playing with him that he would end up as the owner of a Major League Baseball team. But, Martin, here we are. What has it been like going from his teammate to now seeing him as the chief operating officer of the Marlins? It's different, you know. It's like uh, I had him, like, we had, we just have dinner. Like, when I played with him, we just went to eat and talk about baseball, asking about a couple questions. We just played around a little bit. He was just... When I saw him for the first time, I was just, I got traded and they were playing Boston. So when I got to the field, literally my locker was next to him. So I was just kind of, oh, okay, okay. I was just kind of such a, when I play against him, he will say hi to me, how you doing? He was trying to speak Spanish. Uh, so when I got to play with him, I was just kind of like, this guy is, I thought it was like, serious kind of like 
but he was serious when he was playing, you know, between those two lines. It's like, this is serious. But outside, he will, like, say hi to you. He will just give you, he will he just, just you know, say something funny. And I was like, man, I'm like this, but just kind of in a different level. <laughs> like, he wasn't, he is in a different level. Uh, so I always, like, separate that. Like he's a CEO now from the Marlins, saying I respect that. Like there's there's a line now, but you cannot cross that line because that's baseball. You know that's he's in in that perspective where he have to oh he has to be a different guy. You know he's still the same guy. He will say hi to you, but there's some you know barriers like sure. you cannot cross. Mm-hmm. You know and and. I respect him, he respect me, everybody like same thing. Only like when you play a player, you, you have more to talk about, you know? And um, now he's up there and, and I know he's, he's committing to fix something that was really damaged. And uh, you know, uh, and, I think, and I think this team is, is gonna be a rock solid for a long time. And something that the Miami Marlins that the people in Miami didn't have in the past, you know? Because it's, okay, you can win a championship, and then you lose for 10 years or 15 years, and then you win, hopefully, it's like, uh, you know, in 20 years, I'm hoping to put a group of guys together and win again. No, it's not about that. It's about, I just saw the Yankees the other day, they just said 27 season, winning season over 500. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they want to do. And uh, hopefully uh, they can accomplish that because I feel when he uh, he put his eye on something, it's he. I mean, I think he can change stuff around. Martin, before we get to the present, um, the past is part of the story, and certainly you said, and everyone has said, to fix something that is broken. Without spending too much time on the past, I spent a lot of time around here. For me. You know, you had Giancarlo, you had Christian Yelich. A lot has been made about the players who have come and gone here. I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like it all just kind of came to an end when Jose passed. I feel like that was kind of the line that just, from that point forward, nothing was ever going to be the same. And so a lot of the criticism about a lot of the trades uh, I've felt and I've expressed wasn't really as warranted because I've always felt that was the franchise uh tragedy changing event that had that not happened maybe things would be differently but after that it it did kind of make sense to see some of the things that happened here I mean you played with all those teammates and obviously you played with Jose is my thinking right am I am I wrong was that the event that kind of altered everything I don't think so I think that's that's when you put a glass of water and it's already full and you just drop Another drop is not another drop to be just placed in that Sunday and the water starts spilling. Uh, that was the main... Uh, it's, it's unfortunately, you, it's, it's hard to say. It was a tragic event for us. It was, it was, it was mind-changing. Uh, but that was a s- stuff for everyone to look how broken this thing was. You know, um, Jose was the support of, okay, we're still hiding stuff. And Jose was 
what they use for all that the team was so hope he was the hope of keep hiding stuff they were not seen publicly not public and in that matters i said like it wasn't it wasn't the reason why everything changed yes it did change because the guy was a superstar as like as so young in his career and and he was fun to watch and he was he was a pitcher you want to have every day to pitch up there but beyond jose down there in the minor league system uh stuff that you you don't see behind like you don't see in front of you but everything in the system was broken you know so this jose passing was for everyone to see like okay now what now what we're gonna do um it's it's sad to say because it's it was really sad for me and i have to speak i have i did a speech at the church that day and i and i couldn't i couldn't sleep the day before and uh it was it was tragic for all of us, and I think it broke our heart in, in, in so many pieces. Um, so after that, we just kind of like, we had no direction. We didn't know what to do. And, and as a player and everybody else was like, what do we do now? Because Jose was the hope. Jose was, I don't care what's happening down there in the minor league system, but we got Jose. This is a guy is gonna take us to the next level. It's how important that guy was for us. Um, but that that wasn't the reason why the the, the system was broken after that. It, the system was broken before Jose. So so regardless of of the feeling of that, it was it was irreparably broken before even any of that happened. Is is what is what you're saying and. Um, you know, because ownership obviously changed at that point. Uh, a lot of players that you know were traded and they moved on to other places. But uh, inevitably, I guess, Martin, the point is, is that if you don't have that minor league system and you don't have reinforcements, it doesn't matter who you have at the major league level. A hundred percent, hundred percent. If you, if you look, the best team, they have minor, the best minor league system. There was team to struggle for four or five years. Mm-hmm. San Diego Padres, Atlanta Braves. Houston Astros. They lost three Z's on 100, 100 games. So you're going to tell me that they didn't get that system load up for where they're at now? They have young kids, but you know what? In the minor league system, they got pitching everywhere. So whatever happens, if somebody goes down and, it, and uh, in the big leagues, they have someone who's ready to cover the spread. So that's how it works. That the Yankees have always been loaded in the minor league system. They need a free agent guy. They need a trade. So I give you these two prospects. They're really high top prospects. Give me that guy that I need for contending and you know, uh for postseason. So this is how you win. You take a out of forty man roster those 40, 40 guys that are ready to play in the big leagues and and be good at it, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you got 25 guys and other 15 guys that are not ready to play, you're not going to wear. Uh, let's talk about you here for a minute because as the season uh, comes to a close in September, uh, 
You've had an amazing career. And I think that it's natural for every player to be at this stage of their career and kind of wonder what's next because you will be a free agent at the end of the season. Have you thought about your future at all? Has it crossed your mind? Um, what you may do next year, uh, where you may play next year, and um, you know, just kind of the thought process of being a player who is going into his free agent season again this year. You know, it's been it's been a a different different uh, season in my career. Um, I don't think I'm done. People might think that I'm done, which is I respect everybody else's opinion. Um, but uh, I like the challenge. You know, my life has been, all my life, all my career has been about challenge. People challenge me, and I like when people challenge me because it, I prove, I prove, I prove uh, people a lot. A lot of people I prove wrong. And this is not the ultimate case where I'm going to say, yeah, you're right. I'm not done yet, you know, and and uh, I respect everybody else like opinion and how baseball is running now with the with the veteran guys. I respect that too. I respect that too. But uh, there's something they call it calls a karma, and I'm not creating a bad karma for me. Whoever up there is creating bad karma for them, so be it. Uh, I just kind of, I just kind of prepare, kind of keep doing what I've been doing my whole career. If somebody is interested in, in just giving me an opportunity, cool. If it, there's nothing up there, cool too. Um, that's not gonna change me who I'm, who I am. Um, it's not gonna change who I want to be. Uh, it's not gonna change uh, like me helping people to get better. Um, I think, uh, and something else is something really important that I want to say. Nobody, nobody, only the God and the the whole and like Almighty and the the only one going to take what I've been doing, all everything I did for baseball, everything I've done in baseball. Nobody's gonna take away from me. Before we get to our college football preview for the weekend, want to make sure that you know that if you are interested in sports wagering, the only place to do it is over at BetDSI. Make sure you use my promo code SWINGS101. They'll match your deposit of up to $1,500 with a 100% match bonus. That's right, over at BetDSI, using promo code SWINGS101, they'll match your deposit of up to $1,500 with a 100% match bonus. There are some huge games this weekend in college football, including one of the games that we're going to talk about between Auburn and Oregon, of course, Clemson, Alabama. All of the top teams play this weekend in college football. Not only that, but the season win totals are up for both college and pro football. But the only place to do it to get your match bonus of up to $1,500 with a 100% match bonus is my promo code SWINGS101. That's S-W-I-N-G-S-101. Use it right now and get registered over at BetDSI, the sports book that's been known for over 15 years. Great customer service, fast payouts, BetDSI. And this week there are a lot of very big games in college football. And just like we did last week and as we'll do throughout the college football season, we bring in our resident college football analyst from the Miami Marlins, 
Austin Dean. And the good news is Austin Dean is back in the big league. So we can do it here in person. Uh, Austin, we had a fun week, a couple college games last week. I know you're hard at work checking uh, what's going to happen this week in college football. Oh, yeah. I'm 1-0 on the season so far, so I'm very pumped. Uh, definitely a suspenseful game against Florida and Miami. I know you're happy with Florida. I'm happy with the result, but it was a stressful game. It was game. a very sloppy game. I wasn't uh, wasn't going to see that outcome whatsoever. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to this one. Uh, you know, we got three big games that I'm going to go with. We're going to go with Auburn, Oregon, okay. Oklahoma State, Oregon State, and the last one is probably going to be my favorite. It's going to be the uh, – uh, Oklahoma versus uh, Houston. All right, so let's get it started, guys. For those of you who are listening, this is Swings and Mishes. we got Austin Dean with us, and we're previewing the college football weekend. Okay, so the big game, I think, that in terms of nationally, you have Auburn playing Oregon. It's going to be on a neutral site on Saturday night. And, Austin, these are two really good college programs. Uh, Auburn obviously has a lot of new moving pieces there. Oregon, on the other hand, brings a lot of players back in 2019. So Saturday night, when we watch this game, what are you looking for? What do you think the outcome will be? Well, Auburn's going to go with their freshman QB, Bo Nix. Uh, they just announced it just recently. And, uh, you know, Oregon's got uh, five returning offensive linemen, so that's good. Uh, and then Justin Herbert, uh, you know, with me, I think I'm going to take more experience over the lack of experience. Uh, you know, Auburn going with the freshman uh, you know, but it's the SEC, you know, very dominant powerhouse program. Uh, but still, like, I, I don't think I could take just, you know, the freshman coming his first game. It's going to be a big game, you know. So I'm definitely going to take Oregon, you know, 31-20. It's going to be a close game. I, I might be wrong, but, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? This, this is going to be one of the bigger games I think it's going to be featured uh, this Saturday. 31-28, Oregon. All right, so Oregon wins game one Saturday night. 31 to 28. You heard it there from Austin Dean. Oregon returns five offensive linemen. And as Austin mentioned in this one, the first time Auburn has started a freshman quarterback since 1946. That long? That's a long time. (laughs) That's a really long time. Okay. Uh, Game number two, and I know this is one that is kind of close to your heart here because, as people you guys may know or may not know, Austin is a very big. Oklahoma State Cowboys fan. So, fortunately for OSU, they go on the road, but they don't have the what we would call the best opponent in the world as they will travel to Oregon State. So, enlighten people out there what could happen in this game. Well, I'm a very biased person when it comes to Oklahoma State because I always think they're going to win every single game. That's just what my heart sets on to. But I also have a realistic value of uh, you know who they're going to play and what is going to happen. But this to me is a no like no brainer. Like Oklahoma State's gonna win this game, but uh, you know, with my concerns being a fan, is uh, we've yet to announce a quarterback. Uh, we got the Hawaii transfer Drew Brown, uh, you know, and then we have the uh, former four star dual threat guy uh, Spencer Sanders out of Texas. Uh, very curious to see what's gonna happen. I would love Spencer Sanders to start just because he's a young cat, and I feel like he's gonna be one of the uh, you know the future. Uh, building stepping stones for this program. Uh, they could split time. I could see Mike Gundy doing that. You know, who knows? But, uh, you know, last year we had a uh, Justice Hill absolutely destroyed the Big 12 in rushing. Uh, and then we had Jalen McCleskey. And then, uh, you know, the receiving aspect of it, you know, the Big 12 is just known for scoring. We all know that. And the defense isn't there. So no doubt in my mind, I think Oklahoma State's going to put up a lot of numbers against Oregon State. So... I'm going to go final score, Oak State 42, Oregon State 24. 
All right, 42-24, that means they win by 18, which is more than what the prognosticators have expected in this without going any further in there. So They're 100% going to score. That's the thing. The Big 12 is known for scoring. So let's Mark see. it down. You heard it from Austin Dean. All right, uh, third and final game on the board here. This is the one that everyone will be watching on Sunday night because there's no other game. <laughs> so the NFL starts, of course, next Thursday and then the full slate on Sunday. So college decided on Labor Day night to play a game, which is a really good idea because I'm sure we'll be watching it. And you are very familiar with, of course, the Houston Cougars. And they are going to be taking on one of the top teams in the country in the Oklahoma Sooners. So how do you see this one playing out on Sunday night? So if you remember, two years ago, uh, U of H played Oklahoma and Houston with Baker Mayfield behind, uh, behind center. And they lost. So this is one of those games where, you know, we could see – you know, a second time where U of H comes out on top, but we don't know. You know, we got a different quarterback. We got the transfer from Alabama, Jalen Hurst. Uh, very excited to see this guy with a different team and actually give him, a, you know, a good full opportunity. And then we had, you know, he was in the battle with Spencer Rattler. If uh, everybody knows him, he was on QB1, Beyond the Lights. Uh, one of my favorite shows I've watched this year. You get to see uh, what he did his senior year of high school. Very talented kid. Unbelievable, very talented kid. So, but I was a little surprised that uh, they went with Jalen Hurst. But got U of H. We got the quarterback Derek King. Uh, again, this guy's on the uh, candidacy for a Heisman Trophy winner already for preseason. So it's going to be interesting. You got two guys that can run around the ball who can sling it a little bit. But at the end of the day, the Big Twelve they score touchdowns. They are known for it being a very offensive uh, conference. Taking Houston. No, I'm not taking Houston. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Oklahoma. I'm gonna okay. be realistic and take Oklahoma. They're gonna score at least 50 points in this uh, this opening game. But again, this is the first week of college football. We don't know what's gonna happen. You know, everything is just you know very opinionated based. But I believe Oklahoma is gonna come out on top and win 50 to 27. All right, so there you go, folks. Three games in college football right there. Austin is gonna pick one upset this weekend. He's gonna take Oregon to beat Auburn. He's going to take his hometown team, Oklahoma State, to win very big, and then he thinks in a close game, Oklahoma, or closer game, Oklahoma ends up beating Houston. So, Austin, thanks again for giving us your college football analysis. We'll check in next week. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks again to Austin Dean for being part of our college football analysis each week. In terms of pro football, we would like to invite you to participate in our Swings and Mishes Football Challenge. Throughout the football season, you can join what's called our PlayBalto.com, P-L-A-Y-B-A-L-T-O.com pool. Pick five games against the spread each week between now and through week 17 of the NFL season, and there will be a myriad of prizes given away, including autographed memorabilia at the end of the season. You have between now and and the time the first game kicks off next week to join, make sure you go to playbalto.com or go to our Twitter address, at Swings and Mishes, our website, swingsandmishes.com, or my Twitter handle, at Craig Mish, and click the link and join the pool right now. The pool is free. No payments whatsoever. It is 100% free to join. There are a lot of people involved. You'll have a chance to win at the end of the season and pick five games against the spread against me each and every week. 
Also, Jeremy Taché is involved in the pool, as well as our family over at Swings and Mishes and SwingsandMishes.com. It is our Swings and Mishes football challenge, free to join, five games each week against the spread. You can pick your games right now for next week. The deadline to join is right before the NFL season. Swings and Mishes football challenge at PlayBalto.com.